This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. A week from Monday, NC Central will play at Virginia to open up the season. They follow that by heading up the mountain to play app. They're going to Liberty. They got trips to Marquette and LSU. The traveling show begins. Lavelle Moten, the head coach at NC Central. Uh, it's here. You got a lot of stuff between now and then, though, don't you? You got 10 days to get ready for Virginia. Uh, what's happening between now and then? Man, just trying to fine-tune some things. We got a scrimmage here tonight against Elizabeth City. And, um, you know, what I'm doing is just trying to play guys five minutes at a time and just uh, search for some different combinations. Because when you have some new guys, you kind of got to mesh them in you know, with the returning mm-hmm. guys. And so far, so good, right? You know, right. there's been – we were just able to put some things on tape, right? Because you, you play against yourself right. in the summer and all – so it gets boring. They need to see someone with a different color jersey on. And so now you have some tape on who you actually can be, who you actually are at the moment, and what you really need to do to improve. So it's been a, a, a great process for us thus far. So you have some new players, but I can't believe this. You have eight – your eight returning top scorers from last year are back. So how mm-hmm. how is that even possible in today's college basketball world? Man, it's tough, right? Because, you know, we're not even basketball coaches anymore. Like, we, we're, we're general managers. Right? <laughs> That's what we are. And, you know, going on those days where you're going to connect with the kid and on senior night they'll be crying and, and boo-hooing. Um, because they've been through so much and overcame so much, and then they got to this moment to see it through. It's it's, it's just, I think those days are going to be behind us. I, I just think, you know, these kids are semi-pros and we're general yeah. managers, and, and it's no longer amateur basketball at its finest. So we just try to do what we can and just hope they return. But those days really have been behind us. I think mm-hmm. I think we've we've seen this for like the last four or five years. So how were you able to avoid? You know, you you've got guys who average double figures. I mean, I'm I'm sure that maybe in the back of their minds, hey, I could do this at uh, in in a bigger league in the Atlantic Ten in the in the right. ACC. How were you able to maintain all of those eight guys? Yeah, you know it's. I just think it was by circumstance, and you try to build a relationship with them. The reality is, um, you know, basketball is a funny game, man, and we probably don't even have enough time for me to go in so much depth with it. But basketball is a funny game where you have people who are trying to advise kids on how to go, where to go, and how to do something that they haven't done themselves. You follow like that's, that's really, really, <laughs> right. it's really, really weird. Once you like, no, nobody jumps in and coattails a kid and tells him about boxing unless he's boxed. Right. Nobody does that with golf. Nobody does that with <laughs> tennis. But with basketball, it's the wild, wild west. Because let's be honest, the 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 pay at the end, right? Everybody yeah. wants that pot of the gold at the end of the rainbow, and so they're advising these kids. And it's so bad now that we have high school coaches that selling the kids to other programs during the year, mm-hmm. right? Because 
it looks better in their – it's a feather in their cap if they say, well, I coached the kid who was at a Power 5 school as opposed to a MEAC school. So it's no loyalty in, in anything anymore, right? It's, it's, it's none of it. So it gets out of control. And I think when you have some guys that's returning, you just got to say, man, I, I appreciate you guys returning. Thank you, right? Because it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, I wouldn't say there's anything that we've done special because we, we have lost some kids. So we've benefited from the transfer portal and um, have not benefited from the transfer right. portal in regards to how it hits you. So it's, 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 it's crazy. It's really a difficult time for coaches. I think you see that's why some of the coaches are getting out of it mm. because it's no longer what it used to be. It used to be simply about the kid um, and developing the totality, the, the totality of that human being. But nowadays everybody just wants to um, – put their kid in what they deem is the best situation possible. And, you know, that's where the chips fall. And, you know, I was having this conversation with some of my friends, and I'm like, it's crazy because every great college basketball player, if you had a great college basketball career, nine times out of ten, you experienced a lot of adversity initially. Mm -hmm. And then you had to overcome that, right? Like me and Jerry Stackhouse, we've been friends for 30 years. I was like, yeah, we ate the other day. Right, we he came down. We had dinner at a, a lunch at a restaurant, and we were just talking. It was like I said, "Yo, do you realize you selected the University of North Carolina, knowing you weren't going to start there when you got there? Like no kid would do that nowadays, right?" And so mm-hmm. Jerry endured those bumps and bruises. I remember what Vince went through at Carolina, right? We had those conversations. I remember what Raymond Felton went through at Carolina, or whatever, right? I remember what. You know, Grant went through at Duke at certain times. You're going to experience the adversity, but that's part of the process in order to get past the adversity. You have to find out what's really deep down within and inside of you, and I don't think people are willing to do that anymore. Lavelle Moten is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show, NC Central head basketball coach. I want to ask you, I've always thought about this in terms of coaching. Do you think you could have coached? I know you were a baseball player as a kid growing up. Do you think mm-hmm. you could have coached another sport? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I was, you know, I, I was better in those sports, number one. Um, and I was fortunate. Every, every sport that I played, I was always in the leadership position of that sport. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was I was scrawny when I first started playing basketball. So I was a point guard. Right. So I had to know where mm-hmm. everyone needed to be. I didn't hit a growth spurt until my junior year in high school. Um, in football, I was a much better. Anybody will tell you I was a much better quarterback. Um, and, you know, at, at 10 years old, my coach was letting me call my own plays <laughs> in Pop Warner. Right. Who does, right. But I would literally just go home and study. Um, because we ain't have much to do back then. We wasn't distracted by the internet and all of those things. So if you loved the game, you really immersed yourself into it. And I was calling jet sweeps and bootlegs and play action <laughs> passes at 10 years old. Um, and then with baseball, it was the same thing. I was pitcher, catcher, and shortstop, right? So um, my coach at the time was letting me call the signals and, and, and things of that nature for right. the pitcher. And I was always immersed into a leadership position in those sports, so I understood it really well, right? I could tell you the entire Major League Baseball rosters of every team when I was 10 years old. Like, it was, I was that yeah. crazy You about and me it. both, and so, right. Yeah, right? So I just think it was natural for me. And basketball was the one sport that I really had to work at a little more. But, you know, I go coach my son's 
um, flag football team now, right? Mm-hmm. So we run the double the double reverses and options and co- <laughs> right. So it's, it's all of those things. And I had them out there on the baseball diamond as well. So I, I, to answer your question, I'm a hundred percent sure and certain that you know I could coach any baseball team or any. Uh, football team and my mom reminds me of it every time she sees me. She she wanted me to stay with baseball forever, but right. I tell her, you know, be patient, baby, because basketball has has provided you a quality life, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Trey Oliver doesn't need your help right now. There, it's right. going it's going pretty well uh, on the football Absolutely. field. I, the reason I ask the question is because I've for, I don't know why I've had these conversations with a, a a bunch of other people, but we've talked a lot about coaching, and I think I think coaching is far less about X's and O's and game planning and way more about managing people. Like I've used this example, Gary Williams, you know, great coach at Maryland. um, When he started coaching, he was like, he was like a soccer coach too. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure Gary didn't know a damn thing about soccer, but he he knows how to coach people. He knows how to motivate and get the most out of people, although he has strange methods at times uh, or had strange (laughs) methods at times. But um, because that's the way I look at it more than anything else. Uh, I just I just wanted your uh, your take on that. That, That's it. You know, you you hit it spot on. It's you know, I told my staff, I, I just have a a guy that I just recently hired that you may remember named Pat Cole. He was my MEAC player the year long ago. And so it's his first time being on the other side. So he's in our staff meetings and he just said, wow, coach, after like three or four staff meetings, I was like, what you say? Wow. for?" he's like, we really don't talk about basketball and X's and O's. I was like, nah, it's just about <laughs> managing people. That's all it is. Being able to motivate this guy or being able to check this guy or being able to communicate effectively with this guy and knowing what buttons to push to get the best out of him and knowing what buttons not to push so you can get the best out of him. That's all it is. It's just management. Their talent is their talent. And don't get me wrong, we there's a level of uh, culpability where we have to put them in the right situation at the right time. But, you know, you look at the great ones, that's what John Wooden was, right? Like he had the most – he had a lot of talent uh, for all his worth. I love Coach K and what, what he's done, right? You never looked at a Duke basketball team and said – Wow, you know the the offensive sets that they're drawing right. up is just right. right? It's, it's, it was really simple, but I always said the one thing that separated Duke from everyone else. If you ever looked into their huddle during a timeout. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator? Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-843. 0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. You had 12, 13 guys locked in on what Coach K was saying. You look at anybody else's huddles, you got five guys behind the coach. They just zoning off, looking at the chili, just dancing to the band, <laughs> right? It's, but in Duke's huddle, he had the ultimate buy-in, and I think his um, uh, Army background helped him in that sense. Uh I, I try to study football coaches. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, my my favorite. He, yeah. He's been incredible to me. 
and just going up there because football is a little more barbaric. You know, their personality is a little different. But when I go to training camp, it's like 150 dudes, it seems like, that he has to manage all their personalities. So the ultimate quality control in the management and leadership of a, of a coach is like, look, I'm, it's just being a leader of men at the end of the day, right? It just mm-hmm. so happened we, we do this with basketball, but if my family is going to have a family reunion, I'm the same way, right? So it don't matter <laughs> what role I'm thrust into. I just have to be in a position of leadership because it's who I am naturally. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's my third favorite coach. Just so, uh, <laughs> just so you know, I mean, uh, you're 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 ahead of him. Rod Brindamore is also uh, ahead of him. Um, my man, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> I'll cash up you that twenty. No, 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 no. That's uh, I'm you, you, you know where my allegiance lies. Uh, let's. I, I, I want to ask you a couple of more things, and we don't. Have, we really don't have much Take more time. time. Take your time. Take your uh, time. What is the impact? I asked this of um, Stephen Gaither from HBCU Game Day the other day. Mm-hmm. I am curious. What do you think the impact has been of Deion Sanders? at Jackson State. We know college game day is going there this week, and that's cool and all that. Uh, but what do you think ultimately the impact has been felt across the HBCUs with Deion Sanders there? You know what, man? It's, it's crazy. Him and I um, and Chris Paul, we did a uh, a, a podcast maybe a year, a year ago, a year and a half right. ago. And afterwards, Deion um, – he, he he got my number from Chris and he said, man, like you got so much knowledge and wisdom that I need to talk to you. It felt so crazy hearing one of your childhood heroes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Get on the phone with you and tell you this. But through the last year and a half, we've become incredibly good friends, really close. We have intimate conversations about, you know, the pros, cons, the uh, challenges, et cetera. And so he he just called me yesterday. I had five missed calls. <laughs> and when I came out of practice, it was Deion Sanders. And I was like, what's going on, man? And he said, man, I just wanted you to know, like, game day is here. And I was like, college game day? He was like, yeah. And then I was like, man, let me tell you this, because you're going to be caught in the moment, but I'm pulling for you so much because what you've done to shine the spotlight on HBCU athletics the wants, the needs, the challenges, the culture, um, the highlights, the the lowlights, and just the truth, I think is something that no one else could possibly do at this time. We've seen ADs and universities try to implement that and try to emulate that by going out to get a pro coach at their university. Well, that don't work because it's only one Deion Sanders, right? Right. Always has been, always will be. I don't care who you go that played in the NFL. I don't care who you go get. It's only certain people. And I told Deion this. I said, when God, when there was a line and God had a line of giving out the gifts, the gifts that he gave to Deion Sanders, that was a short line. Like, it won't <laughs> many people in that line. Because he has the ability to just walk in a room and captivate an audience yeah. by being himself. And not many people on earth can do that. And so you'd be hard-pressed to find that any other place. And I'm extremely happy for him, what he's done, what he's put together. It's shown that HBCUs can succeed at the highest level if given the correct opportunity, if given the resources, um, if given the publicity, if given the marketing. Um, and, And we have just some of the best 
basketball and football at our universities and some of the best athletes at our universities and some of the best coaches at our universities than anywhere else in the nation, and he's proven that. Yeah, it's not just track and field, and uh, that's where it, it gets right. it gets pigeonholed uh, into that. All right, um, two things about the NBA before I let you go. First, mm-hmm. are the Lakers really this bad? Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Yes. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it. Um, I hate to say it. Like, I'm, I'm obviously I'm a Celtics fan, so right. Um, you know, as long as we good, I'm okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the Lakers, you know, I don't want to tell anyone how to do their job. Um, but I will say this. LeBron James is the best point guard to ever play this game, <laughs> right? And I say he's a point guard. People want to label him a three or four, yeah. but no, 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 no. He's a point guard. He's always been that. It just hasn't been traditional to call him that because he don't fit the bill as traditional point guard. Right. But that's what he is. Since high school, you look at him, he's bought the ball up the court and initiated offense. With that said, you always have to have shooters around him. Yep. That's where he thrives, right? Um, and, since, again, since he was in high school, that's what he's had. Um, how was he able to take the Cavs team, you know, when he was 22, 23 years old to the finals, and Booby Gibson and those mm-hmm. guys, because they were shooters, right? Yeah. And so J.R. Smith, Kyle Cope, they were shooters. If you look at this Lake, Laker roster, they don't have anyone who they, – they're on pace to break a record for the yeah. worst three-point field goal percentage <laughs> ever. And they're breaking the record of teams that was literally tanking and trying to be bad. They're trying to be good, right? And I just think, you know, it's L.A., it's the spotlight, right? It's showtime. It's all of those things. And I think Russ took a lot of the heat, um, obviously, because they were single pointing. But the person I always just said, like, like, no, it's not Russ. Obviously, Russ don't fit. But the person that needs to be held accountable is, is A.D., because this team was built around and for AD. <laughs> That's who it's really built for. Right. LeBron has just continued to be LeBron. But Anthony Davis was the 28, 29-year-old guy that this team was built around. And when I see him play. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I don't see the hunger of an individual that's trying to be great. I see, I see the hunger of a, of a guy that's satisfied. He got his money, got his championship. I'm in L.A. now. I'm cool. Whatever y'all say about me, I'm cool. Right. Sometimes that's that's the life of an NBA basketball player. I always say, man, I, like I, you know, obviously I know a lot of these guys personally. A lot of these guys don't care about winning championships, right? Mm-hmm. The, the media and the and the fans put that on them. Like, man, he got to win a ring. But inside, these guys are like, no, I don't. I'm I'm a multi-millionaire for the rest of my life, and my kids' kids can eat. And I respect that, whatever it is. But I just think it was all built around AD and not LeBron, and he's not playing at the AD level that everyone thought he would. And so, in essence, it's hurting everyone because they don't have the shooting around them. I don't care who you put out there as a coach. I don't care who you put out there 
on the floor with them. If you don't have proper shooting to space that floor, you're going to be hard pressed to get a victory, and that's what they're going through right now. Right. Next time we talk, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let the Ben Simmons thing cook for a little while before <laughs> before we uh, before we definitively say that Ben Simmons, if he refuses to shoot, the Brooklyn Nets can't win. Uh, not the way they want to win, but we'll let that we'll let that cook for a little while because Kyrie Irving is trying positive affirmation, uh, which mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what that is, but maybe he watched an SNL skit. Uh, but it's uh, it's been a little bit of a disaster. Uh, Lavelle Moten, you are the best. I appreciate your time. Good luck against Virginia. I know we'll talk again soon. Uh, best of the family. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me as usual. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.